Whoever, whoever the demons are yeah, that uh, Sanatana Goswami is speaking about, but here says that such pastimes include killing of demons. But he does kill demons. Uh, well, I always thought that it was just rumors of demons. From Sanatana Goswami? No. And over and over again he goes to kill demons. And then, you know, the bridge passes think it was just a bad dream that he left, but... Wait, does he leave? I thought he never leaves. Each abode. Eternally in. Anyway, that's what Brihad Bhagavatamrita says. Eternally. Sometimes he rides to Mathura on Kaliya, sometimes he goes on Keishi. Don't you remember that? I do. I do, but I always thought that this. Let's go look at stuff in the, it's the name of the chapter. Actually, Bishop Bhagavan sent me something today. It's a very short quote. He sent me today. And he says that Vrindavan is within the jurisdiction of Matura and still continues to exist because Mathura and Vrindavan are intimately connected with Krishna eternally, it is said that Lord Krishna never leaves Vrindavan. Vrindavan on Parityajya. What's, what's new there? Well, just that uh, 
this is the explanation how he never leaves Vrindavan because Matura is intrinsically connected. Vorta uh, is also part of the district of Matura. I mean, it definitely leaves when he crosses the border into Matura. At that point, it becomes Vasudev Krishna. Yes. In Praka. In Praka. In Apraka, I never, never heard. I just, I, I think I'm getting, I get it from this commentary that we're reading, so why don't we just continue reading? Mm-hmm. That he doesn't leave in Africa. Yeah, well, he doesn't leave in Prakat either. It doesn't leave. Because Vasudeva Krishna does. Actually, Vasudeva, Prajuna, and Aniruddha, they all, Chattavyuha, they all manifest with Krishna to take his place when he goes to various other places. That's what I just read just two days ago. Yeah. Well, that's from Lava Bhagavad Gita. I think it goes wrong. Hmm. Okay, so we, we were at this thing that, uh, yes. example, killing demons, okay, killing demons, uh, associating with wives of others. It cannot exist in the intrinsic fundamental reality, Sruva Tattva, which is associating with the wives of others. Okay, what does that mean? It means that the Parakiyaras doesn't exist, or that the others don't exist? He explains it. Huh? He explains it. Okay taking birth and so on. So, yeah, that's understood. It is an established truth that the gopis are extensions of Krishna's personal intrinsic potency. Hence, since they are unquestionably his own consorts, how can there be any possibility of their being the wives of anyone else? Still, we see that in the manifest pastimes, the gopis do appear to be the wives of others, but this is only an implicit conviction created by Yoga Maya. Okay. I'm getting a relevant quote here. Okay, Kundalata. 
This is about Chandravali. O Prince of Gokula, Govardhan Gopa is an illusion. You are her real husband. So now I am your sister-in-law. The same as said. Kodalata said that. Mm-hmm. Oh, and now here's uh, something very interesting uh, that Rohini, uh, Krishna comes back with the cows. Now he's in. Kaishur age and Rohini says uh, my child uh, your mother loves you dearly please her with an embrace Krishna places his head on his mother's lap mother give me my jewel ornament and Krishna plays as a child he's an adult but he's playing as a child uh, Yashoda bathes you, Purnamasi says, Yashoda bathes you, washing away the milk mixed with the Madhavika nectar of her love pouring from the pictures of her breasts. Is this all Pukat? This is, uh, this is Pukat. Yeah. Pukat, okay. Yeah, you should drink the nectarian milk from the queen's breast. It was interesting, you know, there's a lot of controversy about women publicly breastfeeding children. But there's multiple places in the Bhagavatam where Krishna's doing that. Here, there's many people around. Yeah. Okay, that was just that it was an illusion. There was also somewhere else about Abhimanyu, but I can't find it now. So, continue? Mm-hmm. There is a secret meaning in Srila Jiva Goswami's explanation, which is brought to light will automatically dispel all types of doubt. The revered Srila Jiva Goswami, the foremost follower of Srila Rupa and Sanatana Goswamis, is the Tattva Acharya of the Bodhi Vaishnavas. Furthermore, he is Sri Radha's confidential assistant in Krishna Lila. There is no secret truth that is unknown to him. Those who do not understand his profound intentions raise arguments for and against his ideas by presenting their own concocted interpretations. According to Sri Rupa and Sri Sanatana's vision, there is no difference between the manifest and the unmanifest pastime. The only distinction is that one manifestation is beyond the material domain and the other is seen within it. Now, it's interesting that he says this is the only distinction where is he previous paragraph there's three distinctions yeah and and others I, I just uh, but he he explains there that <coughs> one manifestation is beyond the material 
domain, the other one is seeing within it, and seeing within it means that these other Earth. things are there. Yeah. Uh, I think there the, the idea is that the, there's no difference in the spirituality and the transcendental nature of the pastimes. Yes. There's no difference, which is brought up clear in there's no difference in the relationships. Yes. Relationships are exactly the same. Both. Yeah, rasas are the same, uh, praying can be the same, but they're equally spiritual. So, uh, extraordinarily fortunate people, on receiving the mercy of Sri Krishna, relinquish all material connections and enter the spiritual domain, domain Chitjaga. And if it was by their performance of sadhana that they attained perfection in savoring the astonishing varieties of rasa, then at that time they can see and delight in all the supremely pure pastimes of Goloka. Others who attain perfection in bhakti and experience the nectar of spiritual rasa by Krishna's mercy witness the pastimes of Goloka in Bhamma when Krishna is manifesting his pastimes within any of the material universes. Could you summarize that paragraph? Well, I was just about to ask a question, but it, it sounds like the Sadhana Siddhas get to go to Goloka, but the Kripa Siddhas go to where Krishna is in the material world. Does, is, isn't it that says others who attain perfection in bhakti and experience the nectar of Ras by Krishna's mercy witness the pastimes of Goloka and Bhomagokula which means Krishna manifesting somewhere in the universe in other words the Sadhana Siddhas go to, can go to Goloka Vrindavan but Kripa Siddhas uh, they go where Krishna appears in the material world and the implication there is that then they have to do further purification by the association sadhana. They, they do, they'll do some sadhana. And the associate with the Well, not, not really sadhana, but yeah. Associate with the Jasiddhas. Hmm. Associate with the Jasiddhas. Yes. Isn't it? That's interesting. That's but that, that completely smashes my whole conception of that everyone first goes, the, the sadhana siddhas first go to Bama No, they, they would, but here it says that, uh, I don't think it means that they go directly. Uh, in fact, it may mean that that's that's all, all they do. That's all the, the Kripa Siddhas only go to Bhoma Gokula. Well, and they don't go. One thing when Sarup went back to Goloka, went to Goloka, 
very careful about this one back. <laughs> it was just a it was just a momentary visit to Gokul. Saw Krishna began following him, trying to catch him. And that was it, right? There was nothing else in his last visit to Goku. And he's Kripa or Sadhu? Sadhu. By chanting his mantra. So why was his his stopover in Gokul so brief? Well, it, it, it wasn't so so brief. I mean, he had to he, he had to hear Bhagavatam. That's just that was a previous visit. This you're talking about that vision al along with uh, Mathura Brahman. No, but what what happened when he describes to the mature Brahman how he entered into the world? I, I don't remember the uh, Gokula. After he went to Dwarka, after he left Dwarka and went back to Gokula, Uddhava gave him all his instructions in speaking all about Gokula, Narada and Uddhava, and then encouraging him to go there immediately. So we returned to Gokula, and we returned to Gokula, he came to external consciousness in Gokula, and it seemed that it was very brief. I can't remember right now. Very brief. He saw, he saw someone he thought was Krishna and began trying to catch up to him. That's when he fell into the bushes. The bushes. When he woke up, or came back to external consciousness, he was in the world. I think it was more than he saw. He also included smelled. It looked like all everything that's described in in Madhuri Seems like uh, he uh, he already had so much adhikar. I mean, you know, he, he already Lord Ramachandra and uh, uh, everybody else, uh, Lord Narayan, so many deities. Uh, the amount of uh, the amount of distance that he had to go was. He, actually, he had he had prema for these, and the difference that he had to make, and he already had love for Gopal by chanting his mantra. So the difference he had to have is to actually see uh, Krishna in person, and uh, to be able to connect with him in person. See with his eyes. Yeah. In that in that quick darshan, and uh, that you know, seeing Krishna is the ultimate fruit of all devotional activities, and that then 
was qualified him to, to go. So he already got the song that he needed in, in association of Udo? He got what? The Sangha. Yeah, Udo and Narada. Udo and Narada and Shiva. Yeah, so many Shiksha Gurus. And, uh, and also what is hearing of Bhagavatam in, in Mathura. Yeah. To speak of instructions he received. And that's just, that's just sort of summarized in one, but we don't even know what happened there. It's not very, so, uh, not very detailed. Yeah. Except that he heard Bhagavatam and became ecstatic and, and know, began chanting the names yeah. in ecstasy. In in Braja ecstasy. Should we go on? Yeah, sorry. There are some gradations of qualification in both categories of sadhaka. Both categories of sadhaka? Uh, one who gets Krishna's mercy and one. Is that what he's talking about? I guess so. But, uh, Someone who gets people mercy is not a sadhaka, that's the whole point. <laughs> sadhana siddha and kripa siddha. How, how, it's not a very frequent event, is it? That's no. That somebody... Now, you know, is, is the translation good? Is, is the verse actually, there are some gradations of qualifications in both categories. And someone carelessly put there, of sadhaka, or, or, or is it, did Bhakti Nautaka really write the word sadhaka there? He saw the original, it wouldn't take much to, to figure it out. Anyway. Uh, I'll just continue reading. As long as one has not attained Vastu City, the influence of Maya maintains some restriction in one's vision of the local past. Vastu city is perfected form in Aprakat. Aprakat. Yes. Yeah. Even if one has swarup city, it's not enough. Also, realization of one's swarup varies according to the level of one's attainment of swarup city. It must be accepted that a devotee's darshan of Goloka will vary according to the degree that he has realized his intrinsic form and nature. I'm just still at the previous sentence, which doesn't really make much sense. Although realization of one's Swarup varies according to the level of one's attainment of Swarup City. I mean, City that, is perfection. That, how is it making different degrade, degradations? No. Is that well, what it's saying is that the realization of Swarup City varies according to the level of the realization of Swarup, uh, uh, varieties of Swarup City. It's just, it's just it's repeating itself. It's yeah. It just repeats itself. Why is it bringing this point up at all? 
guess it's explained in the next paragraph. People who are tightly bound by Maya have no spiritual vision. Because he wants to make the difference between Swarup City and Rastu City. Some of them are trapped by the variegated charm of Maya, and some having taken shelter of impersonal knowledge. Impersonal knowledge. The formless aspect of the Absolute, which is opposed to the reality of Bhagavan's personality, proceed toward the path of total destruction. Even after seeing the Lord's manifest pastimes, both types of bound people view such pastimes as mundane and having no connection with the unmanifest pastimes. Thus there is a gradation there is gradation in one's darshan of Goloka depending on one's qualification. Anyway, that basic principle comes across. And I'm trying to understand why that's being explained. How is that connected? He's saying according according to the level of one's perfection uh, until until one comes to Vastu City one really can't understand Goloka Aproka. there's a subtle point to note here just as Goloka is the completely pure divine truth beyond the illusory realm the Gokula that is manifest on this earth is similarly always pure and uncontaminated even though it appears in the material world by the Lord's spiritual potency. Is this next door? Yeah, that's next door. Uh, Goranga's over there. There is not even the slightest touch of material defect, degradation, or imperfection in either the manifest or unmanifest pastimes. Different people perceive the pastimes differently, depending on their qualification. Defect or contamination, foulness, designation, illusion, ignorance, impurity, falsity, loathness, and grossness are all perceived through the conditioned living entities intelligence, false ego, and eyes that have been dulled by the material nature. They do not belong to the object of their perception, Gokula. That's an interesting statement, that actually the senses are meant to perceive Gokula, Krishna's best son. So this is only establishing the point that in Gokula are not only Sadhana Siddhas and Kripa Siddhas but Gokula allows even those who are, who are, whose vision is completely covered, tainted access to the Lila although they can't see it through spiritual vision well they, they can't see it they can't perceive it it means that they're actually not even on it. on it, or at least they're insulated from it to greater or lesser degrees. Why are they never mentioned? 
I mean, they're mentioned here, but in Alila, the, the only persons that are mentioned are associates. There's demons. Because, uh, um, you yeah. uh, the, uh, in Shastra, the uh, uh, focus is always where Krishna is, and that very uh, uh, very focused area or part of Braj or uh, Vrindavan, then Krishna always is with his associates, Adhimitrasiddhas, but all over the world, well, but we're not talking about the world, but even Mathura Mandala and other places, then there's the mundane people. So yeah. there were there's demons, there's you know Kamsa. Well, they had all of their, you know, Kamsa had how many his soldiers? Ministers, his ministers. Hmm? His ministers. Yeah, his ministers, his soldiers, his wrestlers, his. Uh, and, and and people of people of Mathura, you know, they, they were all devotees. So or the people of Vrindavan, there there is. Jiva Goswami does point out that there, there are certain places that are more potent than Vrindavan, and certain places that are less potent. Places where Krishna goes regularly, and places where Krishna only goes. Infrequently. So, according to the, uh, the qualification, you know, places in Vrindavan where Krishna doesn't really go very much, you'll have more unqualified people. Are these unqualified people getting any special mercy? Because when Krishna says Avajanti Mahbuddha, is he speaking about these unqualified people? Well, Manashintana Mahashritana is talking about people who, yeah, really think that he's a human. Certainly they get some time. But you know, uh, you have to look it up and then think when Jiva Goswami says, that's I'm guessing Krishna Sandarva, that the, uh, the demons actually don't see Krishna, they see a reflection of Krishna. They can't see Krishna directly, they're antagonistic, they see a reflection of him. Trying to understand how that that plays out in, in killing a Bhantavaka, Tishubhava, excuse me. Or fighting with him, how do you fight with a reflection? I guess Krishna's reflection is also <laughs> Krishna in a sense. But, and uh, so, so it seems like according to the nature of people's, and here Bhaktivinoda Thakur is saying that according to the level of uh, realization uh, or spiritual advancement to that degree they will actually see Krishna. Yeah, because Lakabhagavatari describes one of the Krishna's most unique qualities which makes him the Parava, highest of all the Paravasta avatars is that those demons he kills 
they get liberation. And he says specifically with Shishu Paul that he imposes himself into the consciousness of Shishu Paul because of Shishu Paul's continuous recitation of his name, even, you know, he, used, he said many names about him in a derogatory way, but it was accepted as Krishna, not different from Krishna. And because of that, Krishna imposed himself into his consciousness, so much so that Shishupal didn't merge into Krishna, Shishupal entered into a relationship with Krishna. That's what Lagavagavatamrita said. I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Interesting. I do remember that, uh, what does it say? That when he saw the rays of the, the as the Sudarshan Chakra was coming, the rays of the Sudarshan Chakra purified him. And at that point, he could realize that Krishna actually was the Supreme Personality. Yeah, I think that's in Krishna book, different way according to your desire, according to your understanding of Krishna may have unlimited, it's not necessarily one one way or one thing that happens. Uh, it can be multiple ways or multiple things. Uh, that only gives so much more emphasis on need to cultivate one's bhajan meditation on Krishna so that Krishna reveal himself in the form that upon which one meditates yeah. Yeah. we can choose that form yes <laughs> <laughs> I know you know that <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> the only form Anyways. Yeah. That's in the third canto also about Prabhupada's the verse. What's that verse? Is that the second canto or the third canto? The form upon which one meditates, Krishna reveals himself to that person. Yeah. What the form? That's the third canto, isn't it? I can't remember. There's a whole bunch of uh, important verses in uh, the identity of the jiva generally comes from third canto from uh, the uh, Vaikuntha description of Vaikuntha Plana and uh, there's specifically one verse 3.15 something uh, but uh, there's a lot of haggling about and how it's even you know, the one, one perspective, Babaji's perspective, is that 
the living entity has a swarup and it's, it's sort of like a uh, you know suit hanging in the uh, closet no, no but you know it, it starts to function when you put it on when you put on the body yeah then uh, then the other is that Bana Maharaj gave me is that uh, the uh, jivas, the sunless sifas, the jivas, they re- receive a swarup that's manifest uh, by one of Krishna's eternal associates. They manifest it from their bodies. They manifest it from their? From their bodies. From their bodies. And then, uh, and then the third one is that uh, I had it before. And then there's another, another one, another perspective. So from Ragatmaka Bhakta, hmm? from Ragatmaka Bhakta, they reveal. They, they create it from their own body. From their own body. Their own body. The create manifest. The city. The Swarup, yeah. I would... That was from Bhattama? I mean, my... Yeah. My current... Uh, I mean, I have it, but it took me a while to find it. Uh, my current speculation would be is you follow a person and uh, when you're following a Brajbasi, an eternal associate, Ragatmika John, you follow him uh, and he's, he, she is pleased by that, then they manifest this will. Manifest the swoop of the person who's following. And uh, then the last one was that there was Sanatana, whatever pastimes are manifest in the Gokula, 
in this world are also present in Goloka in their pure form without a tinge of Maya. That is why the mood of transcendental Param worship is also certainly present in some form. Okay, well, before we say, go to that, uh, in their pure form, because here there are sadhana siddhas, and they don't have their vastu siddhi, but there's still some, some are not even siddhas, that are still at the level of a sakti or something. So, uh, therefore, they're also kind of pure form without a tinge of maya. So they're, they're touched by maya. That is when the mood of transcendental paramoship is also certainly present in some form or another in Goloka in its inconceivably pure state. But it's not the pastime that's pure or impure, it's the practitioner. So you've got, you've got the gopis who couldn't go out to see Krishna when he was playing the flute. And that was because they were still tinged, they were still attached. So they were the ones who were impure. Not the Lila, the Lila's pure. And had children. I guess you can say it's made impure by the, or not made impure, but it's in one sense it seems impure by the presence of the uh, by the presence of the impure uh, participants. Manifestations created by Yoga Maya are immaculate. Okay. The transcendental mood that Yoga Maya creates. Are we Pukata or Pukata here with that statement? Anywhere. Because we were discussing that by Yoga Maya. No, but it doesn't, we're not talking here about what she's. Manifesting, which is just a principle. This is talking about Goloka. But Muda transcends Pan, she is certainly present in some form that in Goloka. It's inconceivably pure state. But all the manifestations created by Yoga are but that's just a uh, philosophical statement. It's got nothing to do with the previous, with the previous. verse, uh, previous line, yes. sentence. The transcendental mood that Yoga Maya creates of being the wife of someone other than Krishna or being his paramour is therefore based on pure absolute reality. The transcendental mood that Yoga Maya creates of being the wife yes. or of being the paramour is therefore based on pure absolute reality. But what is this pure absolute reality? This should be discussed. Uh, so here, at least I'm taking it as 
uh, not a statement of whether uh, paramourship uh, is uh, some kind of conception or a yoga maya creates or wife yoga maya uh, uh, creates wife of someone else uh, but rather everyone else everyone is a is in a transcendental sense uh, Krishna's wife just because Krishna's potencies uh, so but it's not talking about this the Leela is just a philosophical statement therefore this idea that uh, someone is uh, the wife of someone else well you're not the wife of someone else because you're because in reality, you're Krishna's potency. Yeah, you're Krishna's wife. And even the other idea that, therefore, that you can be a paramour is also an illusion because you're not someone else's wife. You're Krishna's wife. Okay. Which implies conception. No, but these are philosophical statements rather than... Uh, uh, relevant things relevant to Lila. This should be discussed. Okay, now the discussion takes place. But we're, we're we have to end. You have to do your physio. I, I do, and that's why. Muswari writes Ujvamilamani, which I now have right here. 110, 117, 121, and 520. 5, 20. So one, one is types of, uh, that's types of uh, heroes. It's about Krishna. And five is different types of uh, sakis. Atapapapati, Atupapapati, Upapati, Ata Upapati. Yeah, this is all. And then Kinchan Nasana Tirasimiki, Yatkadurhan Gadyati, Tisatra Pitikshitra, Nayipadi. After deep deliberation on these verses, that's what. That's required. That's a, that's a business, yeah. Deep deliberation. That's why these talks are, are so good. And maybe even when we do it once, we go over it another time and uh, see if we have the same understanding. Have you uh, thought about what you're going to do tomorrow evening? Uh, no, it's too far away. No, it's not.